Welcome to True Story, a podcast powered by the Institute of Documentary Film in Prague. I'm your host, Nicole Jennifer Edelman. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am with Davis Simanis in Riga, Latvia. Is this correct, Davis? Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Really a pleasure to meet you. I had the pleasure of watching your films, Escaping Riga and Diaz for Division, and I'm really honored to speak with you today. You're in Riga. So again, just tell us what's what's the latest, what's going on with Riga? In terms of... um COVID. <laughs> yeah, are, COVID specifically, get- and we'll get into more details <laughs> yeah. in a minute. Yeah, we, we are getting better, and then hopefully in a short period of time, we will be able to, at least for the summertime, to to have some breaths of fresh air, and it's uh, things are getting opened uh, again. Uh, so hopefully mm-hmm. also uh, because of our filmmaking efforts, uh, we need to travel for our next film. So basically... This is a time when we, we, we can start to do it. Uh, and, and that's very important because th- there is a new project that we are working on and that traveling between the countries is essential there. Are you talking about Frankenstein 2.0? Yeah, that's the project, yeah. Okay, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that project now? It's a film about immortality. <laughs> <laughs> One of your favorite topics. Yeah, nowadays it turns out that it's uh, probably possible to somehow gain uh, immortality or at least to prolong your, your life. And of course, I think everyone <laughs> who lives in our age and, and, and also maybe who survived COVID uh, is in a way in their own reflections about the time that you, uh, you have in this world and, and, and that it, it has its boundaries and, um, and, and probably you want to somehow think of yourself uh, as a person who, who, who would like to live longer and, uh, and, and who would like to stay here <laughs> a longer period of time. And, uh, and so that was something that pushed us to, to try to travel around the world and, and to um, observe and, and investigate uh, some of the most developed scientific projects that are dealing with immortality and, and that are kind of promoting it. And, and it means like, it's, it doesn't mean only looks like meeting scientists. It means diff- meeting different kinds of people. It, it means uh, like uh, getting to know uh, best businessmen uh, who are selling immortality. There are these mad futurologists and, and transhumanists and the different kind of crazy, crazy, crazy characters, which for documentary film is always a great, great uh, opportunity because whenever in this world there is something that that is not uh, explainable and, and that you have some, some uh, interesting people around it, it's, it's always a, a, a good ground for a film. And, and, and of course, in this case, it's, it's when we talk about immortality, we, of course, we talk about death. It's, it should be a funny film about death. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Death is honestly one of my favorite topics. And I'm fascinated by you and your interest and your history. So for our listeners, let's just go back a little bit, if we may. You have been in the biz, as I like to say, for over 20 years, yeah? How did you get started in filmmaking? My family is a family of filmmakers. Uh, in, in Soviet times, my father was like the best 
or the most well-known uh, Latvian cinematographer. And, uh, and so when I was still in my teenage years, I, I started to work as an assistant, uh, a camera assistant for him. And so later on, it was just natural to kind of move on with filmmaking. And uh, although my university studies were in quite different field because I was, I was studying uh, history and philosophy, and only my PhD degree was in uh, film theory, but uh, but otherwise I, I was like when uh, theoretically I was moving away from the films. Uh, practically, I was moving closer to them. And and uh, now I'm, I I think that the first film that I made it was 2006. Uh, it was a short documentary which which was quite well received here in Latvia. And, and uh, so since then, so it means for 15 years I've been making my own films. Davis Simanis is a Latvian filmmaker, university professor, and film theorist. He has directed a number of documentary and fiction features. His films have participated in and have received many awards at numerous festivals throughout the world. His 2014 mockumentary, Escaping Riga, which premiered at IDFA, is a true and noticeworthy story about two exceptional 20th century Riga-born personalities. Film director Sergei Eisenstein and philosopher Isaiah Berlin. His most recently released film, D is for Division, explores two worlds defined by a dividing line, two contradictory views of the past as well as the present. A film dealing with the tension existing on the borders between Europe and Russia, the film premiered at Visions du Real 2018. Currently, Simanis is in production directing his latest endeavor, Frankenstein 2.0, a film exploring the rich theme of immortality. You are prolific, and I really appreciated the humor and opaqueness, especially in Escaping Riga. I also really picked up that you might have a theater background. Is that correct? You seem to have a real appreciation for that form and a way of telling story. I would say I'm, I'm more like a person who is interested in, in theater, not so much that I, I have some bigger background. I have worked as an assistant for a theater director for a couple of times, but uh, otherwise it's, it's more my affection that I just, uh, I just like to go to see theater. I also, when, when teaching in university now, I'm, I'm also, I have to work with uh, uh, theater actors who are studying the students and 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 also theater directors like those who study theater directing and so I I need to go and watch their uh, per performance productions and uh, and somehow evaluate them so it it there is some some link and and of course in Latvia because I also besides documentaries I make feature fiction films and in Latvia all the actors that are theater actors, they are also the film actors because they don't have the opportunity to work only as film actors. So they, they need to combine these two things. So also that, that is, again, another link for me with the theater. That's lovely. And I, I come from the theater as well. So I appreciate your appreciation for it. What is the thing that you value the most about that form or working with actors that come from both worlds I just really appreciated the old-timey style of escaping Riga, and it felt very theatrical. 
Also, you used illustrations. And I valued personally your ability to mix mediums and to use different forms for storytelling, along with your historical and philosophical background. That clearly comes through, especially in Diaz for Division. For me, I, I think I, I, I could call myself a little bit like a Brechtian type of uh, director. <laughs> and uh, I, that, that is the reason why I, I'm uh, quite um, free in, in combining different forms and, uh, and, and someti- sometimes even gaining some, let's say, alienating effects on, 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 on what is on the screen. Uh, but that's something I'm always thinking of. And also when, when working with actors in fiction films, I'm always like trying to, I'm, I'm more, more like trying to model them, uh, not so much trying to get some uh, clear psychological, psychological uh, like uh, Stanislavski, some kind of uh, uh, reasoning. Uh, for me, it's, it's more about that I'm trying to shape their moves and it's, 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 it's a bit like more technical. I had the experience, my last fiction film that went to Rotterdam this year was also a Czech-Latvian co-production and, and, and the, the main actor was played by, by Petr Buchta from, from uh, uh, Prague and, and he's also in theater and, and, and for us it was even in, more interesting because we couldn't communicate so much through the language because his la- English is a little bit like, uh, let's say it has to p- be polished a bit. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it meant for us to communicate in some kind of a more like a physical level. <laughs> and the, the result, I think, is, is remarkable because it, then you really feel that the actor, in a way, there's this, this some kind of a... That, that we even communicated in this Brechtian way, you know. Yes, very physical gestures, movements, eye contact. So again, I um, am just fascinated by your work. So let's get into talking about Diaz for Division. And before we speak specifically about the film, what would you say, especially currently, what are your most important themes? I think the most important themes for me is the first critical moments in in history because I'm somehow, I'm still affected by uh, history and I'm always very much interested in in uh, in uh, historical topics and and but I I, I really I, I I try to think of these moments when you see this uh, uh, these these catastrophic changes like critical moments when you see the great shift like tectonic shift um, between different uh, historical ages and and of course. 20th centuries, let's say, the most richest in that sense, and and uh, yeah, and, and that is why I'm I'm always somehow getting back to those moments uh, in history. That is one thing. The other thing, which which in a way coincides with the the idea of, of uh, history as a topic, is and, and these critical moments of history, uh, is that. Uh, there's always this kind of a struggle between uh, individual and the collective and, and some kind of this, this uh, the society becomes some kind of a entity which doesn't have any characteristics. It's, it's this crowd of people that is, is, is gray and, and, and it, 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 all, it can follow some political ideologies and it, it embraces the, the, tries to embrace the individual, or try, uh, if it cannot embrace it, if it cannot swallow it, then then they somehow get rid of the individual. And so, that for me, yeah, yeah. So for me, this this conflict between individual and uh, and society, or uh, or or some kind of a individual 
conflict between individual and socio-political environments, that is, uh, again, something that I'm really interested in and, and trying to almost, I, I would say that every film that I've done till this point is somehow dealing with, with it. My name is Davis. Let me invite you to the edge of Europe. This is Russia's western border. And this is Latvia's eastern border. The borderline. Latvian communist. How have your films been received abroad? What is the awareness of these borders and the impact of these borders and perhaps even the personal trauma of these shifting borders? How has that been received? I, I, I cannot say clearly, but I think very positively. Excellent. I mean, um, I would say I'm, I'm a very happy person because most, most of my films have traveled a lot around the world in different festivals. And, and for example, D is for Division is one of, one of those films, definitely. It was, it was premiered in, in uh, Neon, in Vision Real Festival, which of course is a very prominent uh, uh, festival in terms of like uh, creative documentaries. And, and after the screenings, when talking with the audience, I, I realized that, uh, that even though that these topics are quite far away from them in terms of like in geographically or, or mentally, uh, but but they could relate to it, and then uh, and they they somehow sometimes when realizing that these kind of things are still happening or or, or are in this world, you know, that for them it's also some some kind of a revelation, and and that was for me most important thing that you you see that the people are getting more aware. Of of, of this yes and, and 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 I think that's the biggest thing that the film can do that it, it, it film should should always push the audience film shouldn't give one exact picture of the world it should give uh, a push for the audience later to reflect on the, on the subject uh, try to get more uh, get more knowledge about it so it's it's somehow it should uh, open up some new energy for the people to reflect on both history and also the times that are, we are living right now. Yes, and their own own relationship to those bigger themes, you know, about control, about swallowing up. For me, it was a really fascinating film to watch and I was completely engaged. And my question for you then is, what is it that you now crave what are so, what do you have a dying obsession for? I can feel it from how you speak, but you are constantly on a philosophical journey, it seems, pushing, grappling. I think filmmaking, in a way, is, uh, is uh, as Gilles as, uh, Deleuze put it uh, some time ago, it's the best way of philosophizing. It's the best, filmmaking is the best instrument for philosophizing. And, and of course, for me, it, is, it means that I'm always like when, when, when uh, thinking of this world, I always think of it as, as some kind of a place 
which which uh, whenever you fix something, there is different other things that are uh, getting worse. So it's, it's this absurd kind of uh, movement uh, of the world that it, it will never be fixed. But at least when, when you are making film, you think that there is something you can fix, even though there will, there will be other things that will get worse. But, uh, but you are trying to fix something. And this fixing is, is kind of this obsessive idea that I'm, I'm following and, and, and trying to trying to uh, remind people, or, or as, I, as I said earlier, like to, to get them be more aware of, of, of some processes in this world which are uh, turning against their own individualities and the processes that are making them, let's say, unaware of, of how this world uh, is, is maybe manipulating with them. And so that, that is something that I'm trying to... And of course, it, it has to do with my own life as well, because <laughs> I, I'm, I turned 40 uh, last year and, and, and my... Hey, man, congratulations. <laughs> and my, uh, uh, my first child was born uh, last year as well. Uh, and of course, that, that, that was quite an existential turn for me. And again, it's more intense feeling now to think of this world as something that you will, you, you, you don't have so much time left in this world and you still need to, to somehow deal with it. And, and, and then this fixing, even though, as, as I said, it's, it's maybe this, this kind of a absurdic movement because it ne ne things will never be fixed, you know, but still this fixing is some kind of a, uh, way forward for me you know like that, that you see that there are there is something wrong with this world and you want to you want to somehow like expose it expose yeah, it expose, yeah, share yeah, yeah. it mm. have others think critically about it with you definitely, definitely. philosophize about definitely. it critical with you? thinking would be would be something that i'm i'm trying to open up in other people absolutely um, i I um, I think that is one of the values of film and any art form that brings image and shape to our brains, our minds, is to think critically about what we're looking at. How does it make us really feel? What do we then, and what can we then do about it? And your films definitely do that. True Story is a documentary podcast powered by the Institute of Documentary Film. You can find news from the world of film on all the common platforms such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, as well as on docweb.net. How do you feel about Latvia currently? Do you feel it to be a golden cage? <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's a golden cage. I think it's it uh, it could become <laughs> in a while a golden cage uh, in terms of that it's a uh, uh, I think after the turbulences of the, the uh, turn of the, the 1980s, 1990s, when, when uh, these velvet revolutions happened in Europe and also here in Latvia, the society has gradually become more and more, let's say, boring in a way, you know, <laughs> because uh, people are... Um, the welfare is improving and it means that people are not mm. really interested in some political processes and and because it's quite this condensed and hermetic uh, society i think there is a possibility sometimes in the future to become a um a, a golden cage where people are really not caring it, it's 
the life would be fine, but you are not caring about the world. But, but I think we always have this big uh, bear, uh, the, the neighbor called Russia, next to us, which is always a, like a, this constant threat, which is a historical threat, but also a very clear threat of today. And, and that is something I think that keeps, uh, keeps us going because we are always in this, this kind of situation that we have to, it's, it's not pushing or fighting back, but at least it, it has to be some kind of a defensive energy uh, that is in ourselves because we know that something can go wrong. Mm. But as I said, it doesn't make, even if the society is a little bit boring and a little bit uninterested, it doesn't mean that um, you cannot find like individuals that are, are, are great minds and, and, and I would say interested uh, in the world. And, uh, and, and that is, for me, that is the reason why I'm not afraid of being a Latvian filmmaker. For me, Latvia gives a floor uh, to tell maybe a broader stories, maybe to tell uh, universal stories. But, uh, but uh, at the same time, I, I think that it's, it's good that my, uh, this, this starting point, point for me is always Latvia as a place from, from where, where I'm coming. Uh, so that, that's something that is kind of a, pushes me to investigate the world. So that, that's some kind of a point where maybe, and I think when we, we talk about escaping Riga, uh, it, it is interesting because these two persons, like his Sergei Berlin and and, uh, and, and uh, Sergei Eisenstein, they were the ones that felt that uh, Riga is in a way uh, Riga and Latvia is a little bit boring, you know, and, and 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 that was a push for them. But but it was important that they came from this place. The the push was there because they they were coming from here, and 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 they they became great minds of 20th century and and they were the ones who were understanding the world uh, even though it was quite quite different ways of understanding it but it's still they were the ones who were who were able to understand because i think they they started here and they wanted to somehow explore yeah they wanted to run away and explore it and that that was a push for them yeah so i i think in some way i'm i'm but but when i have to uh, choose between being Sergei Sire Berlin or uh, Sergei Eisenstein, I would say I'm, I'm more like this passive observer uh, type uh, as Sergei Sire Berlin that I, I like to observe. I'm a little bit super, in that sense, I'm a little bit superficial. I'm, I'm, you don't want to get involved. I'm, you want to be an observer. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I, don't, I want to alienate myself You want to have a, a camera I'm, I'm, separating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And listen, we only have a few more minutes left. So I just have one last uh, question that will lead me to, sh- please let us know how we can see your films. And from um, all of us at EDF, thank you for your 20 years of involvement of filmmaking and being part of the EDF team. How do you feel about your documentaries as part of history? I know that was something that you struggled with in Diaz for Division. I, I picked that up. Are you considering yourself observer as an observer but, and also an activist, observer as activist? I believe that films, in a way, uh, is uh, our way of immortality. I mean, for di- directors, you know, <laughs> that's the well, our struggle with with our lives and deaths, and and also also with uh, our own immortality is somehow hidden in the films. We want them to live longer. <laughs> we want them to tell the world something, even though we want uh, 
we, we cease to exist. And I think I'm trying to be somehow attached to this period of time that I'm living in. So for me, the films that I'm making, I think they, they, they have some uh, particular value in, uh, in connection with the time that I'm here to make them and people are here in this time watch them i don't think that i i, I would watch uh, i would think of like some kind of a unknown future and how how these films could could stay as part of history i don't know maybe they will maybe they won't but for me it's interesting this this moment this very mobile connection between director and audience thank you for being a an eye for your world and sharing it with others. Thank you for this conversation. Where can people check out your latest films? Any upcoming festivals? Anything that people should know about? Our listeners for True Story? The problem is the documentary is not so much because it's the, the, the last film was already two years ago, but the new fiction film is right now uh, in the festival starting from Rotterdam back in February, but now in, in different other festivals. Uh, and what is the name of the film? The, the, the Year Before the War. It's about the year 1913. Davis, thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure speaking with you from all of us here at EDF and True Story from the True Story studio. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. And thank you so much for this conversation. Bye. Bye. This was Davis Simanes. Thank you for listening to the True Story Podcast, a podcast powered by the Institute of Documentary Film in Prague. We will be back with you soon.